Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. We got a fun Overcrest rewind for you guys. We do. And since this is in the future, I'd like to thank everybody that came out on the rally. Um, I hope you had a good time. And we're going to do a rally episode. You know, it's too bad we all got thrown in jail, though, after lunch. <laughs> that part. Yeah, that was, yeah, that thing. never never actually happened. Okay, so we're going to have a rally episode coming up, right? We like, are. Yeah, like literally about our rally. We're going to recap and just say how cool it was because we don't know right now how cool it was. It was cool. It was Sure. Uh, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about the history of actual rally racing. And I want to get into rally racing pace notes and the terms. Why do you say left three, R crest, over crest, blah, blah, all the yeah, things I don't yeah. even know because yeah, I haven't researched it yet. But did that's you know going to that, be the concept. Did you know that there's, depending on what country you're from, they have different types of notes? And they I have did that, not. So there's like dialects of notes. Well, they have, you know how it's like one through nine. Like one right. over crest or, yeah. or one around corner That's versus nine. That's the degree nine. of the turn. Yeah, then at the nine is the worst. Some of them are in the reverse, where nine is easy. Oh, that would be terrible. Yeah, because so if... You're just <laughs> flying along, nine right. And the guy right. gets confused. He's from a different country, yeah. whatever. He's like, nine right, nine right, slow down. He's like, what? <laughs> so on that vein, did you know that the inaugural Millie Miglia Green is this weekend? I did not. All so right. the Millie Miglia is, I know... The old historic yeah, kind of like rally road race deal. It's the thousand mile race yes. in Italy. Thousand miles, and it's been around forever. And you could basically just run across Italy, have a great time in your car, blah blah blah. It's not quite the same as it used to be. Okay, so right. What, so the green. Okay, makes me so think. the Milli Miglia is. This is from Volkswagen. Yeah, the Milli Miglia is without doubt one of the most legendary classic car rallies worldwide. Not quite on par with. Uh, Overcrest Rally, no. Volkswagen said in announcing its participation. We really it's cool wish... that they had that in their quote. It is. It's really cool that the Overcrest Rally happened, but we couldn't be there. <laughs> so instead, we decided to attend the Millie Miglia Green. It's a completely new event that borrows the original idea of a long-distance racing. <laughs> we'll get there. But only electric and hybrid vehicles are permitted to compete. Okay. The, the route each day will cover as much as, are you ready for it? 180 kilometers. VW <laughs> notes that the distance is well within the 260-kilometer range of its new E-Up. Gee, are we going to drive a whole 100 miles in one day? What a rally! This is going to be great! Wow. Um, so, Milli Miglia, if you didn't know, stand, it's Italian for 1,000 miles. Yeah. So, this is going to, if they drive 1,000 miles, it's going to take forever. It's going to take 10 days. Yeah, at least. Um, whichever comes first, forever, 10 days. Uh, the Milli Miglia Green will include seven categories. Pure electrics, including fuel cell vehicles and electric vehicles. Uh -huh. Hybrids, including full and mild. And classic cars produced before 1990, either electric or retrofitted with electric drive systems. Oh, hey now. So that's going to be us. Yeah. Yes. 2020 Milli Miglia Green is going to be Jake and Chris in an electric vehicle. I like it. Probably not. Where is this held? It's in Italy. Right. <laughs> so we're not doing this. Well, yeah. Okay, so actually the event begins in Brescia and travels to Milan and Lyon. So I went to the map and tried to figure out like how far these things were actually driving. All of these towns that they mention in this rally are within 100 to 200 miles of each other. <laughs> so it should be called the Cento Miglia, which is yes. 100 miles. Right. Um, what's cool about the, the old rallies that the new rallies don't have is why are they cool? Well, it used to be, at least. It was kind of the danger and yes. the unknowing. It's the adversity and the sacrifice. Driving around in your electric Beetle. With 100 miles. 100 miles through town so you can charge it. There's no adversity. There's no drama. There's no danger. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I wish people would stop. This seems to be the trend. What's that? Is new manufacturers and 
all the things that are used to be cool and still are cool are being appropriated by new technology. <laughs> so okay. the, the, the Milli Miglia Green is almost the only thing it has in common with the original Milli Miglia is, is that name. people are driving somewhere. Yeah. That's really it. But they're trying to appropriate the name and because the old thing is cool, so maybe the new thing can be cool too, but it's not. Which I have coworkers that commute 100 miles in a day. Right. Like it's, every day. It's like not that's that big not a, a thing. It, it, why so is back in the day it was done in old cars that were challenging to drive and challenging to keep just keep running. Oh yeah. For a thousand miles. I mean it was inclement weather, the tires weren't good, the brakes were bad, people would crash, they'd run over dogs in the street. And we know that that's happened. Right. And it's just not there's no the there's no drama. There's no romance. Um anyway, so no action okay. I will say one thing I would love to see where I'm not involved in it. So we'll say in Italy, the thousand mile autonomous driving rally, <laughs> where there's all these cars, you put it in autonomous mode, and you just you can't touch it. You're just gonna let it go. So we're basically just gonna have a bunch of Teslas on summon mode, try to drive a thousand miles. Yes. I've noticed in the last week that everybody's posting up um, little videos of their Teslas getting hit while they're in summon mode because <laughs> people just assume they assume someone's gonna drive it and have common sense. Right. But this is just like a robot being. I am going to drive to my owner. Yes. Get out of my way. And right. they just drive. The, so there's people like getting backed into in parking lots and stuff like that. That's awesome. There's videos of guys like running across the parking lot to try and get a guy to stop in the grocery store parking lot. Yeah. No, don't hit my car as it drives up. And the guy just goes crunch and just like backs into oh, it. Oh, my goodness. Because he expects the guy to stop. And the expectations of what the, yeah. the norms are. Yes. Are not being followed by a robot. Probably, Probably not. Probably not. All right. So do you remember when uh, California was going to tie you up? If your exhaust was too loud, <laughs> yeah, no, I I remember we talked about this last year. Yeah, this where was, it was a big, a big deal. Big I mean, yeah, I called up the assemblymen from both sides, liberal and conservative, talked to them about it. Yep. You know, we had an episode about it. It was a big deal. I thought it was important. I thought they were stepping on enthusiasts, which right. they were. Yes. Um. So I got an email from SEMA, and I'm going to read read it to you here. It says California Governor Gavin Newsom <clears throat> signed into a law SEMA supported legislation SB 112 that immediately restores fix-it tickets for cars suspected of violating the state's exhaust noise limit and allow, allows owners 30 days to correct the violations. Mm -hmm. On behalf of over 1,700 SEMA members in California, as well as enthusiasts statewide, SEMA thanks Governor Newsom for doing something right for once. Um, with his signature, uh, Governor Newsom re restored due process for the motorists in the Golden State. So basically what they did, you know how what used to, with this new law was, I think your car is loud. You need to go get this tested. The fine is a, like up to a thousand dollars. Yes, and you have to pay one hundred fifty dollars to get it tested. Now, Even it kind, it is now it kind of goes back to the old fix-it ticket system, right? Which I'm not sure exactly how it's different. I don't know what it costs to get tested for this. So or... I've gotten a fix-it ticket. Okay. in Wisconsin before in my old Mustang, it was just like a taillight was out or something. No, what was it? I don't even remember. But I got a fix-it ticket, and all you have to do is go down to the police station then. And show the officer, hey, it's working or it's within spec or whatever it is. And then they sign something. And then they sign it and you don't have a ticket anymore. Well, that sounds a lot more reasonable than getting fined a thousand dollars and having to pay someone 150 bucks. Right. Anyway, do you remember AB seventeen forty five? We talked about it multiple times. So was, this is California getting rid of combustion cars by twenty forty. Right. So this was introduced in twenty seventeen. Was this also our friend Assemblyman Ting? This is also Assemblyman Ting. And I was talking to them about the exhaust thing, but I also slipped this in there too. I'm like, right. hey, what happened with 1745? And basically, I was, you know, I was uh, informed that that's basically dead. 
1745. So if the, the way that it works is if something doesn't reach the floor, mm-hmm. it's dead. With like within a year or something, if it doesn't okay. come up for a vote, it gets washed away and they have to make a new thing. So the new thing is now AB40, which uh, okay. is which is in the works, which is seems to be a bill to siphon funds to research ZEV cars, which are zero emission vehicles. Okay. Whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> yeah, Zed's. I just immediately thought of Zed's dead when I, because I'm thinking of all the ways we're gonna call them Evs. Now we're gonna call them Zevs. Zev's de- dead. Baby. I never Zev's realized dead. how stupid that woman sounded in that clip. Oh, Who's Chopper is this, baby? Who is Chopper is it? It's Zed's. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> so basically, um, they're siphoning off about a million and a half dollars to do research on uh, electric vehicles. So I just I didn't get a response yet, but I emailed back. I'm like, so what kind of research that are you are you doing for the million and a half dollars that Tesla or Volkswagen or whoever is not doing? Right. That's what is not it that, that much compared to what major oh, manufacturers which is use. billions. They're spending billions. Right. So why are we doing this for a million and a half dollars? When people are taking dumps on the street, they could so. give it to us as a consultant fee, and they could tell them what's wrong with their ideas. Yes, I, I would take that. I would take that I money. Like Meanwhile, that people are sleeping in the streets, pooping in the streets, and washing themselves in the streets while they spend a million and a half dollars to investigate something that uh, companies are spending billions I, of dollars you know what? on. So California, what a deal! Great. We would only charge them the five hundred thousand. We'll give the million back for those causes. Great. That sounds Let's good. Do it. That sounds good to me. All right. So, have you ever been put in timeout? <laughs> like as a child? I don't know, as an adult? Yes. Yes, you've I been guess. put in timeout? No. <laughs> well, lots of adults are going to be put in timeout okay. in Estonia. Police are offering drivers a choice between a 45 or 60-minute break from driving rather than a fine if they are caught speeding as part of a series of innovative techniques aimed to decrease road accidents. Okay, that's pretty awesome. It's weird. Like, excuse, You're just going to have to sit in It's like park. a mini jail sentence. A little bit. Like, what? do you have to go somewhere for your timeout? Drivers ex- <laughs> drivers exceeding the speed limit by 20 kilometers an hour, which is 12 miles per hour, uh-huh. must wait 45 minutes in a parking area next to the road and 60 minutes if they drove between 21 and 40 kilometers an hour. So you just sit in a parking lot. Yeah, you sit in a parking lot for 45 to 60 minutes. This is part of a traffic innovation project that aims to find a new effective way to improve road safety. On the basis of these police operations, we will collect information about the reasons speeders give to justify breaking the limit. We are analyzing the impact of different interventions to find more effective solutions because the goal is for perpetrators to actually change their behavior, not to punish them for the sake of punishment. So is that what punishment and consequences? No, no, no. Hold on. I kind of get where they're coming from because the whole point about what the reasons are, what is the reason for you speeding? You want to get there faster. Right. Well, if the risk isn't that just you're going to ticket, but you're also going to have to wait no, no, for no, an hour. No, no, it's a choice. Hour. You have a choice. You can pay the ticket or wait. Right. So, okay, let's say I'm going to speed on the 2% chance I get pulled over. I'll pay the $200 ticket, but I'm going to get there the faster. Here's but, the thing. You get pulled over, you're already sitting there for 20 minutes. It's you're true. already in timeout. <laughs> It really is, isn't it? That's the thing is that you're already you're already sitting I, but there. But I'm wondering forever. if that's the logic behind it. Is like, oh, most people are speeding so they can get there faster. But if they know they're gonna have to sit there and wait and time out. Why they do you think they're do running? That. Why do you think everybody's speeding in Estonia? Do you know where Estonia is? It's like a it's, it's northern northeastern it's Europe. East it's block south of, country, yeah, right? South of Finland, right on the border with 
with Russia. So I thought everybody was maybe fleeing communism. Um, so <laughs> I looked up the – side note. I yes. looked up the economic information on Estonia. I was just looking to Estonia okay. a little bit. And they have a bribery risk score of – it's from 1 to 100. 1 is no risk. 100 is a lot of risk for corporate corporate bribery. Okay. Um, they're at 12, which so, is really, really good. The United States is 34. Russia is 94. <laughs> okay, so explain corporate bribery to oh, me. Just corporate bribery with government, like, hey, you know, we'll give oh, you— Oh, so in we'll, regards to the government. Right, yeah. Okay. We're going to give you this plot of land and do whatever tax-free, but you have to buy my wife a 7 Series. Right. That type of thing. I gotcha. So in Estonia, that doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen, even though it's right on the border. Maybe Russia. In Soviet Russia, you you just pay me. And we I do we bribe, yeah. So um, I looked up what was considered legal reasons for speeding. So there, you're telling me there are actual legally acceptable reasons to speed Apparently from, in the U.S.? This is trafficattorneys.com. Mm. A very reliable source. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so um, these are legal reasons. A driver's speeding was caused by the actions of the police or other law enforcement officers. Okay. No, I can see that. So like the cops trying to pull someone else over or get you out of the way and you have to maybe speed up to get out of the lane. What if I just don't want to get pulled over? Mm. That is caused by the action of a police officer, <laughs> is. actually, isn't it? All right. Self-defense and the defense of others. So if you're, let's say you're, you have someone in the car yep. and someone's trying to kill that person and you're running from the other person. Okay. I'm assuming sure. that would be an acceptable reason for speeding. Um, coercion. So I'm sitting there with a gun to your head, Chris. Speed. Go faster. Go faster. Go faster. Go let's faster. do it. Go yeah. Faster. You wouldn't even need a gun. Um, necessity. Um, <laughs> this is necessary. <laughs> this, I'm sorry, officer. This is necessary. I need to go 94. Uh, entrapment. Okay. And uh and then so I looked up the those are the legal reasons. So I looked up um I found an article of uh, from policeone.com which is a, a website for police officers. Okay. And they gave some of the the funny reasons. So this is like Reddit for cops? Uh sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's more just like a blog with videos and you can buy like like batons to beat people with and stuff Sweet. like that. Okay. All right. <laughs> so these are uh these are quotes that the police officer said the dumbest things reasons oh, people have ever this. given them. Okay. okay. Um, a drunk guy told me he was pregnant, then urinated all over himself, claiming <laughs> his water broke. <laughs> oh, that's dedication to the lie, though, man. I'm going to pee on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my water broke. Why wouldn't you just say, I have to pee really bad, and then pee on yourself? As a male, that would seem like that's a better Because then you pee on yourself, be full of piss, and still have to pay the fine. Right, because you're obviously not a woman. Okay, so I stopped a girl with all that goth black stuff on herself and little figurines on her dash. I asked, what is all this stuff? She said, I'm a Wicca. I said, a what? She goes, you know, a witch. I said, oh, yeah? Then she says, are you giving me a ticket? He said, yes, I am. She said, I'm going to put a spell on you. And I told her, too late. My ex-wife beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. not a reason for speeding. That's a way to get out of speeding. Yeah, these are just funny things that the cops heard when they pulled somebody over for speeding. My buddy, who is a uh, so uh, my buddy, who is a police officer, is going to kill me. Officer, who is your buddy? David Polino. Oh, you know David Polino. Well, in that case, you should thank him when you see him. You bet, officer. I'll do exactly that. And then the officer just proceeds to stand there, like with his arms on his chest. I'm waiting for my thank you. Driver, <gasps> I don't understand. Can you read, ma'am? Can you read my name tag out loud? Officer Sergeant David Polino. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, since we are such good friends and all, and you were going to thank me, I was just waiting for my thanks. <laughs> wow. 
oh, I thought the sign I-95 meant the speed limit. Glad you didn't catch me over on the SR-210 earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't speeding. I just got a haircut and it makes me look fast. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) It snowed six inches and I radar a car driving 54 and a 30. Stopped her and she very matter of fact told me, Duh, I don't know I was going that fast. I was trying to get the snow off my windshield so I could see where I am going. (laughs) Yeah, that's not good logic. I checked a 17-year-old kid on I-71 near MP91, just north of Grove City, Ohio, at 101 miles per hour. He was driving a gold Ford Explorer two-door. When I told him I checked him at 101, he threw a fit and wanted to argue with me, saying he was only doing 85. Me, being the curious cop, asked him why he thought he was only going 85. His response was, my speedometer only goes to 85, and I had my gas pushed all the way to the floor. <laughs> that's not how it works. No, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> One of my cop friends told me a story. He pulled over a couple for speeding and asked why the driver, male, was speeding, and the male said his wife, the passenger, was pregnant, and they were going to the hospital. The officer said that there was a fine, even though he knew the truth, and followed them to the hospital to make sure everything Oh, said they were fine. Mm-hmm. When they got to the hospital, he escorted them in and made sure they got a room right away. Finally, the male admitted to lying. The officer didn't write him up, figuring the hospital bill would be enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's commitment to the lie. Oh, yeah. That's commitment. Hey, the guy probably didn't think he was going to walk him into the... No, <laughs> yeah, because they they do say, like, okay, if that happens in that instance, we'll escort, escort you to the hospital. He got, so he thought he was just going to get the escort and be like, all right, see ya. He got a room and everything. <laughs> uh, my car has a recall on it for unexplained acceleration, and I'm on my way to get it fixed. <laughs> I have a cold, and when I cough, my foot mashes the pedal. Yep. I stopped a guy for doing 71 and a 50 because he wanted to get McDonald's before the breakfast menu ended. I get that. It's a legit, like, it fits, what, 10.55? But now they do have the extended breakfast menu, you know. Oh, so that's... But it's limited. So I can't get my, my, you know, Egg McMuffin. Or you can get the Egg McMuffin, but not the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit meal. I was told by a lady her accelerator was broken and always went too fast, no matter what. Okay. <laughs> All right. So these are ones where the cops got, they let him go. Oh, really? The excuse was so good oh, that they let him okay, go. Okay, this is going to be great. I pulled over a Corvette doing 155. Late at night on highway, no traffic. I told the driver, you were flying. Unless you have a pilot's license, you are going to jail. Yes. He handed me a pilot's license. Yes, I let him go. <laughs> <laughs> That's an honest cop, and I like it. I stopped a lady who was crying when I walked up. I asked what the problem was. She said she had gone shopping for the first time after having a baby. Nothing fit right. I handed her license back and slowly backed away. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good was coming from this. <laughs> Says Officer Cookie Crumbles, who is the one that submitted that one. I like the nickname. I was keeping the two-second buffer time between me and the car behind me. There's no one behind you. Good job, huh? <laughs> the box says, if you have an erection for over four hours, see your doctor immediately. <laughs> I wasn't speeding. I was qualifying. There's no way that one's true because that is a bumper sticker. Yeah. Um, A 19-year-old was going 23 over. When I asked him why he was going so fast, he looked me dead in the eye and said, because I'm just all kinds of stupid. (laughs) 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 He let him go. I I got tagged for doing 54 to 45 years back. The officer laughed when he told me, and I said that my dyslexia was acting up again. (laughs) I like that one. All right. that's, That's it. That's all I got. Wow. So anyway... You can go into timeout instead of getting. Would, so would you do it? Would you take the sixty-minute timeout? Well, it depends instead? what an Estonia speeding ticket. Twenty. Plus. It's twenty-four. Mi- twenty-four over for a sixty-minute timeout. Twenty-four miles and over is that's, pr- that's an a pretty serious ticket, I think. Well, here it would be. It would be. 
maybe in Estonia they kind of let you right. So I feel like if you were going to do the timeout thing here, it'd probably be like eight hours. Yeah, I don't know if this is equal. It's so this happened today. So I'm going to do a follow up and see if the test worked. Today is the day that they were doing. Oh, so it's just a one day thing. It was a one day thing. They were going to try it and then write down everybody's reasons why they were speeding. Okay. So I hope that somebody like keeps track of all the reasons and I can dig up this article later. I like that a lot. All right. So, um, Perk Jake's wet dream last night. Ford (laughs) has filed for a new patent. I can't wait. Um, While many will think of the current Jeep Gladiator and other Jeeps as being the sole convertible trucks ever offered, not true. Go ahead. Uh, so there was the the one I can think of is there was like a Dodge, well, not the power wagon. I think that actually the power wagon might've been a convertible, the Dodge Dakota, Dakota. the Dodge Dakota nineties. There was a Dakota model. Also the Ford Bronco and the Toyota forerunner. I don't consider those trucks though. A Bronco is that on a truck? That's not a truck chassis, isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't have a pickup bed. I, it's not a pickup. So do you consider an expedition a truck? A truck, in your definition, must I, have a bed. Okay. These are the only – the Gladiator and the mm, and the Dakota are probably the only pickups they were ever made as. Okay. All right. Well, let's go with that then. So there's – but really, the truck is needs to have a truck I, I, bed. I know, but That's, I was thinking pickups. You're right. It was semantics. Okay, okay. So there's no information in these patents that identifies which pickup truck this will be for. The drawing looks like a cross between a four-door Toyota Tacoma and the final Dodge Dakota. This leaves room for much speculation, starting with the Ford Ranger and the potential uh, for a pickup version of the Bronco. I like that a lot. Uh, the, pa- the the said panel, which is the panel on the roof, is sure. apparently designed to be easy to remove and install. So easy that the filing indicates that the operation could be completed by just one person. Unlike any Jeep on the market. Right. A self-aligning mounting system would be largely responsible for this, and the panel would would only need some downward force to latch. So no... Like levers, every every manual convertible you ever have that's old, you always have these levers that you have to close. Yep, right at the windshield. I can't imagine there isn't some sort of locking system like that. I didn't see it on the on the. It might be an electric. Uh, The patents also describe a number of different versions of this roof with fixed or sliding rear window and a clear roof. So you may soon be able to get like an F one fifty or whatever. With no roof, would that just be the ultimate for you? I would like that a lot. You would buy it, wouldn't I, you? I would. Like would you that get rid of your H3T manual and buy a brand new version <laughs> of one of these trucks just because it doesn't have a roof? Depends how cool it is. I'm waiting for the yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, nah. All right. Do you want to? Uh, I'll. Should I just keep going? You want to do? I the like news? it. I like this. You reading me the news, and okay. I can just react. All right. So I have a list here of every car that's getting axed in 2020. Uh oh! I left a couple cars off the list that are just getting a new model name. It doesn't really okay. count if you just change the type so of car. So this is like actual models that are just not going to. They're gone. Okay. This is it. So is it every Ford car? Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on here. Um, Aston Martin Vanquish gone, replaced by the DBS Superleggera, which is super light. So I never understood the difference between the Vanquish and the DBS and the DB9 and no the clue, Vantage no idea. And... They all look the same to me. I'm sure they're agreed. Um, Audi TT. Really? Yeah, they're going to make room for EVs and crossovers, they said. I suppose. And uh, the only thing is is that the, the Audi TT has been dead for years. The only, the only real TT is the original one with its odd interior, which was really, really unique at the time. Yeah. It looked odd then, but still good. And it I looks it, odd today, but still good. I, yeah, I really like it. How about those baseball stitch seats yes, that they had? Yes, those were so cool. Awesome car. I almost bought a TT once. There's a TT parked outside, and when we walked up together, yep, I said, it was a yellow, like, whatever, TTS, third but, gen TTS. But all it is is a small Audi. It's yeah. not. It's, it's, well, it's, it's an A3. It is the A3 platform. That's all it is. So, it, well, the Audi TT is a golf platform, the original one. Right. But it, So it's not 
something special, but the design was so different Unique. than everything else. The new Audis just look like any other Audi. They've completely lost the plot on it. They do. If you look at the headlights and stuff, it all looks the same. Yeah, but the shape is still there. The silhouette. No. Well, yeah, because it's a little car. I mean, lots of little cars would look like that. But I'm talking about, like, the headlights and stuff. Remember all the old headlights were kind of square? Yep. I mean, they're just with the metal hoops and the roll hoops and stuff yeah. like that. Everything's very, very unique. The vents are unique. The buttons are unique. Everything is, everything cool. on that car is unique. And it wasn't available on, like, an A4. When you right. get in a new Audi of any kind, they all have True. the, the, the interior, same feel. The interior, it's all the same switch gear. They have the same feel. Um, the BMW 3 Series GT, which is the Gran Turismo, it's that hatchback-looking thing that kind of looks funny driving around. It says GT I don't even know if back. I've seen one of these in a I see them. Series. They're ugly. Thank God that thing is gone. Really? I like the idea of this. It's like halfway between it a wagon look, and a sedan. It doesn't look good, though. It's like some fastback hatchback thing that just doesn't It doesn't oh, look good. See, I like the idea. Um, BMW 6 Series GT and Grand Coupe gone. Um, uh, so they're just not doing the Gran Turismo anymore, yeah, it seems. It's because they are ugly. Really? Yeah, they're ugly. Okay. Um, we'll look it up while you're sitting here, and I'm going through these. Yeah. Uh, the Buick Cascada, Buick LaCrosse, uh, and this is crazy, is GM is wild with this right now. The Cadillac ATS, Cadillac CT6, um, with but with the strike, apparently the CT6 may stay open. The plant may stay open to still make that car, which is weird because either the car's making money or the car's not making money. Right. You would think that the strike wouldn't influence that, but if all these guys need to keep their job, are they really going to keep a plant open just because these guys are striking and make cars? Nuts. Depends how much um, pull that union has. The, uh, By the way, interjection, the Gran Turismos are really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, they made so a 500-horsepower CT6V, which is rad. So the CT6 is a like a sedan, Okay. and it, the 500-horsepower so CT6V the is The theme rad. here is the cars. Yes, this Cadillac CTS, Cadillac XTS. So Cadillac is not doing well. They're axing all kinds of stuff and making. So what are they going to have? The Escalade. A lot of things that are similar but renamed, but they're slightly different. They're just oh. trying to rebrand everything that they've got going on. Okay. And notably, the C7 Corvette <laughs> gone. Yes. Um, Chevy Cruze. Um, the bunch of these are thanks to crossovers. So you yeah, can, you can thank crossovers for a lot of this. And have you ever seen the Chevy Cruze hatchback RS? Chevy Cruze yes, RS. Yes, I have. Yeah, the hatchback is the they little look thing. They look awesome. They have a 1.4 liter engine. It's got 150 horsepower, 170 foot pounds of torque, and it still gets between. 30. I imagine that thing is just very buzzy to drive. Yeah, it, I guarantee you, it does not make those sounds. But they make 30 miles per gallon, for to 40 miles per gallon in this car. With this, it seems like this mm-hmm. is what a GTI should be today. Yeah. But this is basically a Polo or a Lupo or something like that. Because everything's getting too big, I know, too complex. Nobody wants it. So that's gone. Chevy Impala, gone. Chevy Volt, gone, which I'm surprised. I thought it was gone a long time ago. But apparently they were still making the Chevy Volt. Yeah, I guess. And I never figured out why didn't that thing catch on. Is it just because it was ugly? I know. Because it is ugly. It is. And I like the concept because it is a hybrid with a gasoline, or not a, it's a full EV. With basically a range extender. Yes. But it's basically like it's up front. It's. It's built like a regular it, yeah, car. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like it's, they put in the terms engine of in the back. EVs, in terms of EVs, it's, uh, it's all right. I uh, can't f- say EVs. We can't do that. Yeah, it's an EV. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I am because it drives you nuts I'm and you saying, don't like I'm it. I'm saying right now we're not doing the EV All right, thing. the Fiat 500 and 500E, both I'm gone. sad about this. It's the I only, like those a lot. There's only one other car that Fiat makes that's even worth having. It's the 124 Spider. Yeah, which is cool. a Miata. Basically, it's a Miata. Yeah, but in terms of Fiat's brand, it's the only car worth having. And the other stuff, like the 500X or L, like the so dumb, stupid. But they're keeping them. 
That's what's Dan. Then they should just keep the 500. They have to They're share not selling. some sort of platform. They're not selling here. Fiat's are not doing well. Um, Ford Fiesta, gone. Really? Gone. Uh, which I thought mean? those were doing okay. Nope, gone. And, and the S- focus is gone. I've driven a Ford Fiesta ST. Great car. Cool interior with these Recaro seats in them. Um, another small, small displacement hot hatch, gone. Another car that should basically be a GTI, right. gone. Ford Taurus, and I was just surprised that the Ford Taurus still exists. <laughs> um, Hyundai Santa Fe XL, uh, Infiniti okay. QX30. Which Santa I guess Fe it, is a, like a small crossover, crossover which yep. is surprising to me. Um, the Infiniti QX30, and I was reading that Infiniti pulled out of Western Europe, which seems wild Why is that? to me. I don't know. I didn't feel like reading about it. Um, Jaguar F-Type manual, gone. Yeah, I never see an F-Type. Well, I've seen them, but they were they were all over. Oh, the F-Type's got a manual. We're going to bring it with a manual, blah, blah, blah. Dead. So this is just the manual that they're yep. discontinuing? So when the updated 2020 okay. F-Type arrives it, at dealerships, it'll be automatic only. Yeah, I don't think the Jaguar and manual, there's much overlap in that Venn diagram. Probably not. The Jaguar XJ. Which one? Oh, the big one. The, no. The XJ is just the sedan. It's like the luxury sedan. Okay. It's the one that's been made for 50 years. Right. All the X. Speaking of XJs, that's what I didn't buy when I bought, well, didn't buy that Jaguar. Was an XJ. Right. Um, they, but this was a new platform. The XJ? No. The XJ has been around for fifty no, years. No, but this was. Like, what are you talking about? I gotta look it up. I'm just talking. It's almost like you would consider like. Uh, yeah. Like, no. Have you seen the newer ones though? No. They're they're big. When I said, oh yeah, the big one. They're all big. This looks like a land yacht. Jesus, that thing's huge. <laughs> Well, it's dead anyway. Yeah. Um, it's it's might come back as an all electric luxury car. So not surprising. Not surprising at all. Um, I would love to still to have a V12 Jaguar. Yeah. I really want to try it. You know was that, that you know what that gets? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say was that almost a Jake official, yeah. Um Lincoln Mark T, Nissan 370. So the MKT was the car F-150? we don't care about. Let's keep going. Nobody cares about Lincoln Mark T. Um, Nissan 370Z Roadster, which is the convertible uh, 370Z. So the hard cop continues on, but no convertible. Sorry, Jake. <sighs> um, Nissan Rogue Hybrid. So nobody wanted an ugly, ugly hybrid. Um, mm-hmm. And the Smart 4.2 is also dead. And here's fun- what's funny. The, uh, the electric Smart 4.2, guess what it was called? The 4.2 ED. <laughs> <laughs> Why ED? It's so stupid. <laughs> Every guy ever is going to associate that with. So the Toyota Prius C, which is not surprising because it's hideous. All the four twos, any smart now should be electric. You would think so. Right. But, but BMW is not. You know not... they actually didn't get that good a mileage either? No. Well, th- they weren't meant to get great mileage. They were meant to park sideways. The Which is kind of cool. This is another reason why BMW's CEO got fired. I mean, they didn't do anything with any of the electric stuff. You're true. right. I'm just saying you're right that it should have been electric, and you're, it's not. Yeah, true. Um, Volkswagen e-Golf, obviously, because they have some stuff that's uh, coming, coming out, out to replace it. And sadly, not on this list is the Hyundai Honda Clarity, which I think is the ugliest car on the market today. Yeah, I have you seen these driving around? About it? No, I haven't seen them. You see? Do you see the I picture see it now? Yeah, it's the weird teardrop thing that everyone's doing with the headlights that I hate, and also a weird half wheel skirt. What's with the half wheel skirt? Chris? It's almost like the what is the old Honda? No, you're thinking of the Pontiac Aztec at no, the same. Yes, but the old Honda, whatever it was, electric car had. No, that had legit wheel skirts on it, though. That's what I think they're hearkening to, though, because this is like an, a a a Hazev only Insight. Type. No, Insight. Mm, I don't remember. Anyway, so it was uh, their first hybrid. Yeah, whatever. This thing sucks. It's ugly. It's terrible. I think Insight's way off. Isn't that the minivan? Yeah, why don't you take this next one? I'm out of breath. Okay. Uh, so bring back the V12s. 
No. I, I haven't read this yet. No? Okay. The new Corvette C8R is here. So we know the C8 is the mid-engine platform. Yeah, this is... The C8R... I'm excited for this is car. ...is the race car. So the new Corvette race car will debut in both silver and yellow at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona in January. And we have zero details <laughs> on what is going on with we, this. We don't really than, know anything. You know where I bet the engine's going to be? Yeah, it's a mid-engine car. Probably in the middle. So, yeah, didn't give any details in the C8.R. The car was only shown briefly for uh, a video montage, and it was camouflaged. Uh, we do know it should have the 5.5-liter flat-plane crank, which Woo. is that... Is that what the C7 race cars had? I don't know. No. I don't you listen think so. to those things. That is not a flat plane crank. No. And so I, this is a totally new engine. Right. And this is going to be what's in the Z06 and the ZL1 and everything else, too. It's going to have this flat plane crank, from what I read. Huh. That they're saying is capable of 800 horsepower or more. I saw up to 1,000 horsepower, but I kind of toned that back a little bit because, like, come on. Yeah. So but like, anything is capable of that much. They're, they're you not going to be. a junkyard LS and it's capable of 1,300 yeah, horsepower and then it'll blow up. They're never going to put this much power on the track anyway it exactly matter. they'll have like 600 horsepower so uh realistically this is the first real true test of the car it is i mean if you think about it what it's able to do right out of the because 24 hours of daytona against there's still gonna be i bet a team campaigning a c7 out there oh going head to head yes i, I like think, that i idea. bet you'll see it out there and they need to do significantly better than the right. C7 because to justify that was the it. Whole point. It's the whole point. You have to do significantly better, not just a little bit, but you need to spank that C7. Yes. Which I mean, oh, I really hope it doesn't now. Oh, really? You want the drama of it? Yeah, I want uh, the C7 no, I, to be right there. I don't want the Corvette to the Corvette to crash and burn. I mean, I would love I the drama know. of that, but as I, the, well, I want them to go back and like have a heritage edition that is just the front engine, and then they'll call this. The they're Zora. not going to do that. I know they won't. All right. Oh, uh, since then, since uh, 1999, Corvette Racing has won 107 races, the most of any professional sports car team in North America, including. 13 team championships, and 12 driver and manufacturer titles. Most impressively, though, in 2015, Corvette Racing became the first sports car team in 15 years. This is a big deal. To win Endurance Racing's Triple Crown, which is, of course, victories at the Rolex 24-hour Daytona, the 12 hours of Sebring, and, as we talked about last week, the 24 hours of Le Mans in the same season. That's, That's huge. the triple crown. That is huge. That's like one of the biggest accomplishments you can do in motorsports. Yeah, in endurance racing. And then we should <laughs> just screw it. Yeah, start let's over. just change the whole platform. Should we do that instead? I have no idea why, but... All right, Jake, are you ready for this next story? Are you ready? I'm ready. So... <laughs> Whoa! So this is so dumb. I sent you this a couple... Or I think it was yesterday... A post on Instagram I saw from the Porsche official account. Yes. And it, <laughs> it it was something about alluding to Star Wars from Porsche and like some collaboration with the new Star Wars movie. And I don't. I, I, yep. Yep. What was one thing that you've always thought went with Porsche? Yeah, Star Wars, obviously, right? Right, exactly. It's but what so was dumb? So, Why? What, what you see on their Instagram is uh -huh. a little tiny picture of something it's like a macro photo of, of a, something a detail of something and it looks like metal. a it looks like it could be a car part or you know what it's an it's engine part or flaking uh powder coat on something cast steel yeah it looks, it looks like, like okay this is a mechanical something all right let's let's do it it's dumb why i don't know all right so but what is it actually 
It's po actually, so yeah, it's actually some new character. Yeah, Porsche, along with seven other well-known brands, came together to collectively reveal a new character called Babu Frick on their respective Instagram pages. Babu Frick is a tiny and zillion droid smith who works along with spice runners of Kimiji and can reprogram or modify any droid. We don't know who the space runners are or who Kimiji is, but rest assured we will before long. Why? This is so dumb. How much did Disney oh, and Lucasfilms man. pay? Well, they didn't pay anything, but they received a lot from Porsche. No. Other way around. No way. No way. This is Porsche marketing getting in. Look at all the other brands that were in it. There was like McDonald's. And yeah. McDonald's didn't pay to be part of Star Wars. This is product placement. The product company pays. You're insane if you think otherwise. Porsche says that the U.S. launch of the Taycan will coincide with the release of The Rise of Skywalker. We contacted a spokesperson from Porsche who said, Both brands share an iconic status, an enthusiastic fan base worldwide, and a reputation for timeless design. Well, so do people that go to dog shows. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I, don't, understand. I don't understand. For now, Porsche and Lucasfilm expect will. Well, you think Porsche is paying to be on board with this stupid Star Wars movie? 100%. No, it's Absolutely. the other way around. No, no. Disney and Lucasfilms has to be paying these brands to get more exposure and hype for the movie. Incorrect. It's a collaboration I guarantee you Porsche pays. Why? What are they getting out of this? Because they're getting access to another segment of people. By them posting on their own Instagram page that they already have their followers to. 100%. That doesn't make any sense. I guarantee you that Porsche paid for it. 100%. I am 100% opposite of that opinion, <laughs> sir. You're wrong! More Think about how our show works, Chris. How does our show work? Our sponsors pay us, Chris. <laughs> they pay us to talk about them. I, so it's no, that doesn't make any sense. I guess you could be right. Uh, more details expect of what to expect will follow in the coming weeks as we get closer to whatever. Um, let's hope we don't end up with a Star Wars edition 911 or oh, Boxster. That's so something. terrible. All right. So, uh, you want to take this next one or you'll sure. Uh, union workers who are happen to be on strike right now. Still, I mean, this is a big deal. They, yes. they, it's been three weeks, so this is a long... These three are General weeks. Motors union workers, right? Or is it just the entire I think it, Detroit auto union? I don't know. Okay, regardless, they uh, are apparently fearful of the future. They have dread over the prospect that plug-in cars, which have fewer parts and require less labor to build, which, beyond that, it's all the suppliers. It's not just the Ford assembly line employees. It's all of the electronic manufacturers that are going yep, into it and who everything. supplies the engine and everything else. If we'll get you there. get rid of a combustion engine, the supply chain is really going down as yeah, far as size. It shrinks for sure. So regardless, the uh, prospect of plug-in cars will doom auto jobs helped spark the first United Auto Workers strike against General Motors Company in over a decade. Ford Motor Company and Fiat Chrysler Automobiles NV, which are rolling their own battery-powered models to market in the coming years, could face a similar fate if they're unable to quell the UAW's concerns that widespread adoption of EVs, not EVs, <laughs> are endangered the employment of 35,000 union members. I, they're not wrong, Chris. No, of course not. But at the same time, I'm like, well, and? Yeah. Quote, there's a potential for our jobs to be gone. They don't need us anymore, said Tim Walbot, president of the UAW local, representing workers at a Fiat Chrysler transmission components plant near Toledo, Ohio. It scares us. As it should. As it should. It should scare them. But they, they, 
the way that the union is phrasing this is they're rephrasing it as they don't need us. They don't want us anymore. They're going to get rid of us. They're throwing us in the garbage. It's, it's kind of how market, it's phrased, though. but that's just not how it is. They just, it's, they need people to build stuff. And they're not just going to have people around with their hands in their pockets while other people build stuff just to do it. Right. It's just not how the world works. Yeah. A recent study of electric vehicle production in Europe by consultant Alex Partners found that it took 40% fewer hours to assemble an electric motor and battery than a traditional internal combustion engine and transmission. That's, that's significant. That's almost half the amount of time. Yeah. Quote, it's a bad news story from a labor perspective, said Mark Wakefield, the head of Alex Partners Automotive Practice. You would just fundamentally need less people. And I don't, do you get, because you wrote this story, but what we were talking about off the air a little bit too is also the other kind of channel that's going to suffer from this, not just is on the, the dealer front, network build, building the cars, but maintaining cars. Yeah, bu- the builder no, network will be. And there's this, no it, oil change. That, uh, but what about even trickling down farther? So you, at the top, you have the, the manufacturer, right. and then you have the dealer, and then you have the sole proprietor shops that are even below that. Right, as far as our you know friendly neighborhood auto shop. Right, they're going to suffer as well, because here's what happens. The reason why you get free oil changes when you buy your car for 100,000 miles, even though your warranty is only 50,000 miles, right. is because when you go in at 60,000 miles for your free oil change, they, or the oil change is really cheap, like, oh, we'll change your oil and not charge you labor. Whether it's a mom and pop shop or the dealer or whatever, it's always the oil change deals, right? Yeah. It's always the oil change deals, or it's, we're going to check your alignment for free, or we're going to check your air pressure and your tires for free. They'll do all kinds of stuff for free, and they're not doing that because they're nice guys. They're doing that so they can go, oh, you need brake pads. You need your, you need, well, maybe you do need your oil change, depending on what you went in for. Your transmission flushed, your radiator flushed, all these different things and all these things that they can sell you, your ball joints, your suspension, your, your whatever. They, they do an inspection of the car. Exactly. And then they can get more money out of you. Right. But if you're not going in for those oil changes, they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to do that. UAW saw this coming. Quote, electric to me is where the real risk is to our membership. Jennifer Kelly, the union research director, said during a collective bargaining conference in Detroit earlier this year. Batteries, the single most expensive part of an electric vehicle, are almost exclusively manufactured overseas and mostly by companies relatively new to the automotive powertrain, such as China's Contemporary Amperex Technology Co. LTD and South Korea's SK Innovation Co. SK Innovation broke ground earlier this year on a new battery factory outside of Atlanta, which will employ some 2,000 non-union workers. And CEO Jun Kim thinks carmakers will have a tough time replicating what his company does. I would think so. Um, just, yeah, go ahead and finish reading this. We'll yeah, get there's it. a difference between the DNA of automakers and the battery makers such as us, Kim said in a March interview. There are only a handful of battery suppliers that are able and capable of delivering high-quality products while guaranteeing cost competitiveness. So how do you think that batteries, um, so their most expensive part of an electric car is the batteries. Right. How does that uh, affect the margin of a vehicle? Because GM is doing a lot of the manufacturing of the engines themselves. Right, but that that, is a fixed-cost item that they're just passing along to the consumer. Right, the the batteries. The batteries, Because they have to buy it from someone else. Exactly. So the the margin is going to be different, too. Yes. That's It's kind of... It's kind of freaky, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it'll be interesting, for sure. Yeah, we'll sure. see how, it's go- how it goes. So, have you ever wondered why they call a toilet the throne? <laughs> Bear with me. No, okay, and this- I also 
wonder why it's in this podcast, but continue. Okay, so uh, bear with me. Okay. A solid gold toilet is set to be installed, this is like a month or two ago, in one of UK's grandest country houses this autumn. And yes, people will be able to use it. The 18-karat gold artwork, called America, made headlines in the U.S. (laughs) after the Guggenheim offered it to Donald Trump instead of the Van Gogh painting he requested. Despite being, <laughs> despite being born with a silver spoon in my mouth, I have never had a shit on a golden toilet, so I look forward to it, said Edward Spencer Churchill, the current Duke of Marlborough's half-brother and founder of the Blenheim Art Foundation. It will be an installed, working, usable toilet. Is this, is this a Did satirical you story? No. This is 100% serious. This is real. Okay. The toilet is called America. You caught that, right? I did. That's yeah. a commentary, I think, yeah, Chris. So, so why am I talking about this? I don't know. We should just do it like a non-car news stuff That's every fine. once in a while. Uh, but this is car-related. Because the I piece has been you. appraised <laughs> at up to six... Don't look. Don't read ahead. I this won't. is great. Um, because the piece has been appraised at up to $6 million, security was reportedly elevated for its presence, but evidently not enough to prevent five thieves from forcing entry to the palace's premises in the early hours of September 14th. Wait, they stole the toilet? <laughs> okay, this is pretty good. According to the, the Thames Valley Police, a crew of three burglars broke into Blenheim Palace to wrench the toilet from its fittings while two getaway drivers waited outside in stolen vehicles, one of them a blue Volkswagen Golf R. By 4.50 a.m., the intruders had extracted the toilet from the palace, loaded it into one of the vehicles, and departed. Police have since recovered one of the getaway vehicles and arrested two British men in connection to the robbery, but three of the perpetrators remain at large. Good on those other guys for not outing no their kidding. buddies. Uh, along with the Golf R and the toilet. So they put the toilet in the Golf R. Yeah, that's their speedy getaway So if you ever car. need to steal a toilet, you can throw it in a hatchback. It's the ultimate burglar vehicle. Yeah. Um, uh, the, they... Despite surveillance images released by the TVP clearly depicting the car's license plate, authorities have been unable to track the golf as they believe the plate captured on the camera to be counterfeit. You think so? Yeah. (laughs) The guy didn't use his actual plate to steal the $6 million toilet that they Uh, made for Trump? That's pretty good. All right. Based on the unknown whereabouts of the toilet and the golf, the above photo depicting the car... Uh, with its hatch open, it may be reasonable to assume that the golf was used to transport the stolen art. Police urge anyone who believes they may have cited this or blah, blah, blah. Honestly, security did a really crappy job. Yeah, I think so. This is my number two favorite story of the day. It really is the shit. So Wait, that's your number two favorite story? Why do you think they got in? Was it with a dookie? <laughs> that's not funny. Oh, it's so good. What, it's so what's good. your number one favorite story of today? Uh, also this story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I just got that joke. That joke was good. Number two uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, you would have gotten the third one if you would have gotten the other one. So we do have uh, Buster Conrad. Conrad or Conrad? It's Conrad, Chris. Buster Conrad is on the line. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's see. Where, where is he? What's he up to? Uh, he's actually interviewing and riding along with the police department. Okay, let's hear uh, Buster with the police department. Hi, Chris and Jake. Today, I'm going to be learning a lot about technological advances in traffic patrol and enforcement from Officer Edison of the Fremont, Indiana Police Department. Thank you for this opportunity to ride along and learn, Officer Edison. Say hello to our listeners. Howdy. You may recognize the city of Fremont, Indiana from their innovative pilot program involving Tesla patrol cars. Officer Edison, I hear you're still sorting out the details on that program. Can you tell our listeners about it? Uh, I really don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right, so Buster, we actually reported that Tesla Chase story wrong. It wasn't in Fremont, Indiana. It was actually in Fremont, California. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, okay, um, 
Well, since I'm already here in the idyllic Indiana countryside, and this patrol car has lots of really cool buttons in it, Officer Edison, could you tell me a little bit more about the way your department is using technology to protect today's motorists? I'm skeptical. Well, I sure can, Buster. Protecting and serving Work along the I-90 corridor used to be like fishing. You throw a line in, pull over a car for weaving within a lane or a light being out or whatever. You'd reel that line in and you'd find anything from a correctable violation to enough bricks of fine Colombian blow to build an igloo. It used to be a lot of trial and error, moving along to different spots and hoping for the best. But modern technology makes a patrol officer's efforts way more focused. What kind of technology is that? Electric spike strips or laser guns with EMP cannons? <laughs> pew, pew, pow! Uh, oh, Buster. Uh, no, no, nothing that yourself. crazy or weird. Uh, <laughs> it, it's funny, though. I never thought I'd get to use this phone more than my sidearm, but it looks like them little bastard millennials were on to something. <laughs> still got my trusty Beretta 9 to 2, but holstered right next to it is my rooted Motorola Android phone. We've taken tools meant to rip off credit card numbers and applied it to wide scanning for a real ID RFID chips. Allow me to demonstrate. I pulled up two hits, my driver's license, and one Buster Conrad, age 40. Your criminal record shows zero moving violations, but you have two unpaid parking tickets in front of the Omaha Airport Spearmint Rhino and a restraining <laughs> order filled by... <laughs> Filled by Pat Sajak. Uh, um, I think it's. I think it's not reading right. I mean, it's Conrad. C O N R A D. All right. Let me correct that. Here we go. Buster Conrad, age 26, arrest warrant for indecent exposure at a funeral home. Oh! No, no, no. no. I, I said Conrad. Uh, uh, what's the What's the range on this thing, anyhow? Dude, whatever. Just pay them parking tickets. Nebraska ain't my problem anyhow. Once we plug in the external antenna array on a patrol car, we have about a thousand foot range. I personally located and arrested three individuals this week with outstanding warrants using this scanner. Hey, I feel safer already. What <laughs> else can you do with it? Now, we're particularly proud of this next innovation. Using Waze in this rooted phone, we can change our GPS location and report <coughs> speed traps without the wasteful practice of sending an officer out to just sit in the median and idle his patrol vehicle. <laughs> it costs about half as much to have that same officer sit down at the bullpen cafe to do paperwork and drink coffee and occasionally screw around on the Waze app. <laughs> That's an amazing out-of-the-box type thinking solution. Now, can I press some of those really cool buttons in the squad car? What does this one do? <laughs> Do that again, <laughs> and I'll demonstrate my favorite piece of law enforcement technology. What is it? Wow. Okay, then. <laughs> I warned you about that, moron. Hey, uh, you on the other end of this phone call, come pick up this clown, bring bail and a change of pants. <laughs> shard a little. Uh, oh, okay, thank right. you, officer. This is the second time we've had trouble with uh, Buster while he's out on <laughs> on location uh, with the Italians, and now he's in uh, trouble. With the... You know, so Chris, I do have a true story for you to follow up with this. Okay, so Buster is not the only person on the podcast that's been tased by law enforcement. Well, I know before. it's not me. I've never been tased, so I guess that means you. Yeah. So back in high school, early college, I can't remember. I had a friend who was an EMT. 
in our uh, town. And one of the police officers for the neighboring town also, you know, did some EMT work. He was a paramedic as well on the side. So he was friends with him. And we knew one day while we were bored and driving around, as you do, that he was uh, on patrol up in this neighboring town. And so my buddy's texting him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's on patrol. I think he's the only one out there today, you know. And this was in the evening. It was dark. And so we're driving through town. It's a 25, slow down. And he sees the car. For some reason, I'm driving my buddy's car, too. Okay, what is so it? What kind of car me. is this? It was a just a Blazer, Trails Blazer or something okay. like that, Chevy Blazer. All right. But he sees, like, you know how you can just see, like, Two-door or four-door? Four-door. Oh. You can see the faint, like, reflection and make out, oh, that's a cop car silhouette, yep. right? And he goes. Did you just say, oh, oh. Oh, oh, sorry about that. That was very, very Minnesota. Oh, yeah, don't you know. Don't worry about it. Oh, there's a cop over there. Oh, there's a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably what I said at the time. And he goes, oh, that's him. Punch it. Oh, no. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay. So I punch it. I'm doing up to like 50 in this 25 downtown small town. And I, all of a sudden, I see the lights come on. Oh, yeah. The guy, the cop got must have been like, what an idiot. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> and so he pulls us over, and he doesn't know it's us at this point. So lights on. You know, he comes up, finds, shines the flashlight. Oh, you two idiots. <laughs> what the hell are you guys doing? And we're like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that was funny. He goes, well, I'm not going to let you off. I was like, what? No, this was this was fun. This was just for fun. And he's like, all right, you have two options. Oh, no. One, that was double the speed limit, so I would probably arrest you and give you a ticket. Or you can come back to the police station and I get to tase you. Oh, no. <laughs> I chose option two. Oh, so you were tased. Not with the shooty prongs that stick in you. Oh, just so He's the- like, all right, lay on the floor because you're going to... You're going to fall down anyway. anyway. And so I just like rolled in my pant leg and it gave me a little bzzz. How'd that feel? It like you tense up every muscle in your body. Oh my God. And I, I had the adrenaline going. I was like, oh my God, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. And I was like, wait, wait, should I go, should I go pee first? Because I kind of have to go pee. I was good. You were good? Luckily. You didn't, but, you didn't pee yourself? Yes. Uh, so needless to say, Buster and I have that in common. <laughs> All right. So I want to get a couple uh, listener emails in before we're done here. Um, Nicholas Elaine says, for the love of all that is motoring, please just go drive a first-generation Miata on a twisty back road. Yes. And remember that this is a sub-$10,000 car. I agree, Nicholas. Is, he's talking to me. He's definitely talking to you. I've driven a Miata. They're an absolute blast. It's everything that's great about old British roadsters, except they actually run. Yes, because when I drove one, I was out in my British roadster. I had the MG Midget, and my buddy had an NA Miata. To be fair, you put a blow-through turbo on that thing. Right, which was really fun trying to keep up with the Miata, which it did, but didn't handle as well. So I was just sliding and you, you made and everything it, you else. Were, you managed to make that thing less reliable, which is... Yeah, I yeah. did. But anyways, that broke down, and the Miata didn't, and so I drove the Miata, and it was very fun. Uh, of course, next time you visit the Bay Area, come hop in my Exocet, which is a Miata, Miata-based and pure insanity. What's an Exocet? Yes, so this is you take a Miata donor car. Is this where you strip the whole? Frame. You strip the whole thing, and it's oh. a tube frame. It's like the Aerial Atom, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But made it really affordable. You just use a Miata as a donor. That sounds actually quite fun. That's what we should do our electric car out of. What? The Exocet program where we strip the thing apart and do this. Why not just use like a sand rail or something then? That's not based on that's, a Miata. Because it doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same. Not being a, a, a once street legal vehicle. Mm, I've seen those sand rail things. I've sat in them. They're, uh, 
Okay. And doesn't really do it for me. I'd rather make something out of a real car sure. and then get a kit from someone else. Yeah, okay. Uh, he said, I just did a three-day rally over the Sierras and the Exocet, along with a guy in an early modified 1.6 liter Miata, kept up just fine with all the Porsches. Well, maybe they felt bad. <laughs> we obviously take different lines around the corners, which I can completely understand. Yeah. Look, I, I want to drive one. So someone bring it to me. Yeah. Someone bring me a Miata, and I'll go try and drive it around. I'll meet you somewhere, whatever you want. Someone just send me a message. We'll go down by the Alphabet Roads, and we can go for a drive. I'm happy to do it. Please do. The opportunity, however, has not arrived. All right. So Tua Vang says, your podcast has been awesome. I have been listening since day one. Thank you. Love the honesty and the awesome adventures you guys have. Hearing you the venture about going to California and back, the Hugo adventure. That's Hugo. 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 And the encouragement to just drive. He doesn't know about Hugo. Uh, I used to live in Hugo. And the encouragement to just drive has definitely inspired me to further pursue doing this. Cars were meant to be driven. And this sentiment is why I do almost everything that I do. Believe it or not, I get a lot of contact like this via Instagram. Hey, I bought a car. I went on a road trip. Hey, my dad and I drug, drug this car that's been sitting around for however long, got it running, went on a road trip, and it just makes my day. Anyway, so he, I emailed to suggest a history episode for the Midnight Club that ran the Tokyo Highway racing scene back in the 80s and 90s. Thinking of the Japanese movies that Chris watched, like Initial D, the anime series uh, Wangan Midnight, one season on YouTube, is also based off this car club. Even the old PlayStation games, Tokyo Extreme Racer series, have a wanderer boss, which is a boss in the game, mm -hmm. based off the main car, which is a Datsun 280Z. Last but not least, I know you guys are Porsche guys. The car club anime does, in, does incorporate a Porsche 930 known as Blackbird. I like it. So that might pique your interest. <laughs> not sure if you guys will be are, already have an episode on this. Not a Patreon member yet. I will be soon. Get on it, guys. Get yeah. on your Patreon. You. Let's do we it. It's that. super cheap. We get new people coming on all the time. Yes. Um, but it would be so cool to have an history episode on this. Keep up the good work. See you guys around town at future Wednesday get-togethers in Micelica. That will be next year because the weather is supposed to snow Yeah, we're going to have next snow week. next week. Um, so there's, uh, there's a couple people that are really into the drift hunter scene in Japan mm -hmm. that I'm currently talking to about coming on the podcast. So awesome. Have no fear. It's something I don't want to talk about. And on that note... Thank we'll see you. you guys later. We'll see you guys next week. Take, Take care. care.